0: starting around the age of five or six is when you really start to form your self-esteem and your your confidence and i mean that's why nowadays people talk about you know instilling confidence in your young children and being so aware of bullying in schools and things like that because at the age of five or six when they're out on the playground and they're socializing with each other and things come up that's when their self-esteem is really starting to form And it's with the groundwork that we give them that they can go and fly and they need people to tell them, you can be whatever you want to be.
1: Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Kramblatt, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Her Drive podcast. If you have listened to um, us in the past, and if you're new to Her Drive, welcome. I'm very excited about this episode because it's the first episode of the fall, and um, the temperature is starting Mm -hmm. to dip down a little bit, and I am excited to do some shopping for new clothes. And where that kind of leads is not necessarily close for myself. That are being made by today's guests, but for younger ladies, I would like to welcome Reagan Schanzer to her drive. Welcome, Reagan. Hi, thank you. So, Reagan, why don't you go ahead
0: and let me know what it is that you do? My name's Reagan Chanzer. I, um, by trade, am an attorney. And I started a company, Mighty Girls Design, back in December of 2018, and we are an apparel company for young girls, apparel and accessories, I should say, for young girls, and the graphics are all inspired by strong women in history. So we have various patterns, for instance, We have a She Rex pattern, which is inspired by Mary Anning and Dr. Lisa White. We have an Astro Girl pattern, which is inspired by Sally Ride, Ellen Ochoa, and Mae Jemison. And we have this collection has five patterns in total leggings, t shirts, earrings, some necklaces. I'm working on some skirts. And we're also working on um, future patterns. I'm working with an illustrator right now for um, the upcoming spring-summer collection. Oh, wow. How fun. (laughs) I think it's
1: a great idea. There are so many inspirational women out there, many of which we do know their names. And then there's some that, as I have dove very deep into women's history in the last couple of years and just kind of opened my my eyes and my mind to it, I've come across some really fascinating women out there. And I love the idea of, you know, creating lines focused on these women who have really done some inspirational things. And and why did you choose that? How did this, what was the genesis of your, of your business?
0: So basically, um, back in last December, November, December time, um, my daughter, Jaden, she's now five. She was asking me for some presents for Hanukkah. She wanted um, some very specific dinosaur galoshes, which I could not find in the marketplace. And I was actually sitting on our couch in the living room. I'll never forget watching my children play. I have a son. He's now three. His name is Jax. And I was trying to search online for these galoshes she wanted. And I was watching her uh, build a garage for my son's Hot Wheel cars. They were building a garage together out of blocks. And she was wearing some princess dress. And she was like blessing the garage Mm. with her little fairy wand. And it struck me that at this like wonderful age she believes that you know she can be anything she wants to be which she can and she can wear a princess costume and she can bless the little garage with her wand and it's completely normal and only as we get older do we basically put ourselves in these little boxes that for instance society may place us in and then we start to believe the constructs that society puts upon us and we start to see ourselves from those you know four walls that we've placed us in the box that we've placed ourselves into and start believing we can't do certain things or certain fields are more meant for what men and not women or whatever uh fields you want to go into you know basically in this day and age unfortunately there are, many fields are still male dominated and we haven't learned yet about all of the strong women in history that have been such trailblazers because they don't necessarily teach us that in school. So I just decided in that moment that I was going to start a company that basically shows girls that they can be whatever they want to be by teaching them about all the women that have come before them that have done it. And I want little girls, all little girls to see themselves in these patterns. Um, So that's why I say that the patterns there, the little girls in the patterns are inspired by these strong women. So basically I research the pattern. I will research, for instance, female astronauts, female chemists, female physicists. And I will pick three to four women that really stand out to me. And then I will ask an illustrator to basically draw... A little girl that has some similar characteristics um, and so my hope is that little girls will see themselves in these patterns, realize that women have done what they want to do be- and did it before they you know, before them so it is possible and also start a conversation about all of these women that maybe we're not learning about mm-hmm. in school and women of all ethnicities so perhaps perhaps um you know in, in various communities people are learning about strong women that come from their communities but they're not learning about strong women that have come from other communities and i think it's very important that we be very inclusive and learn about all strong women
1: oh 100% i'm curious about the patterns that you're choosing and it seems like many of them are focused on Sciences and not traditional roles that women have. I'm assuming
0: this is intentional. It is intentional. Originally, I, just, I was focused on STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, mathematics, which now has become, I believe, in some um, school districts, they call it now STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Mm. I... So my first five patterns are She-Rex, which is paleontologists, Astro Girl, which is astronauts. Um, I have you Code Girl, which is female computer scientists and computer programmers. I have Fly Girl, which is Amelia, you know, inspired by Amelia Earhart. And then I have um, Lady Justice, which is close to my heart. It's uh, inspired by the four female Supreme court justices from the United States Supreme court. And, um, but beyond that, what I'm looking to do is broaden into all types of fields. So I want to do female athletes. Ooh. I want to do female artists because believe it or not, there aren't very many famous female artists out there, which is surprising, but when you start to try to think about all the, fe- all the famous artists, you have Picasso, Andy Warhol, um, you have uh, Monet, Van Gogh, but there's not very many women. You know, There's Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, Frida Kahlo, but there's many more that we don't necessarily know about mm. unless we're studying art history. Um, but certainly little girls are not necessarily learning about them depending on their school. But I think all little girls should know about them and know about famous female artists that not just come from this country, but all over the world. Um, And so I want to do famous female artists. I want to do physics. I have a chemistry set. Um, And I'm trying to also broaden into like series. So for instance, the female artists, I'd like to do a series. So more than one perhaps pattern. Maybe I do, um, two or three patterns depending on the, the, um, the artists involved and what they actually specialized in. And then I want to do a female athlete series. So, you know, maybe track and field, maybe swimming, soccer, focus on things like that. Then, um, I have the sciences in and see where it takes us. I don't think that it has to be just steam. What I'm looking to do is really highlight strong female, strong females, trailblazers in areas that are historically male dominated. Oh, I love that. And I, I have
1: (laughs) unsolicited, um, an unsolicited recommendation for you. And, sure. That is um,
0: female adventurers. There's so many out there. Um, I think it's great. I think that there's so many women in so many different fields that are, you know, thought of to be male dominated or historically male male fields that women have really succeeded in. And in sometimes and many times actually, Discovered things or did things before men, but for whatever reason, it's not talked about. Like, through doing my research, there were so many women that created inventions mm-hmm. but were not allowed to own patents in their oh own. Oh my names. god, so, I know
1: it's unbelievable!
0: And so, like, it's like these men get the credit for it because women weren't even allowed to own property. You weren't allowed to have a bank account. You certainly weren't allowed to have a patent. So, you know, I want to highlight that. And I think that women are having a movement right now. It's, it's our time and we need to make sure that we continue to feed the movement and push it forward. But one of the things that I'm realizing is because my daughter is five, is that the movement has like trickled down perhaps it's really mostly I think right now working women and women who are perhaps in graduate school Mm -hmm. or college maybe high school women but certainly not grammar school age little girls and there is an amazing um YouTube video and I'll send you the link and it's by Mattel I actually put it up on my Instagram page it is so it gave me chills and it is a series of little girls speaking about how by age five, they start, little girls will start to think about what they can't Mm -hmm. do. And they're listening to society tell them what they can't do. And by age seven, parents are more likely to Google is my twice as likely to Google is my son gifted than is my daughter gifted. And about, how, and there's been many papers written about this, about how boys are lo- more likely to be called upon in math and science class than girls and the effects that it has on little girls. And It's the most amazing video that Mattel put together and um, kudos to Barbie because it was all about basically it, it tied in with Barbie and Barbie's anniversary and how um, I think Mattel is really taking... Um, a proactive step to perhaps change or grow Barbie's um, Mm -hmm. brands and branding around her. Um, And that's probably a conversation in and of itself, but... um, and it was just, fat. and I think everybody listening to this podcast should see it. I'm going to send you the link, and maybe you can connect to that. But it really gave me chills, and it's, and it, and it's sad and it's inspiring all at the same time. And so I, when I watched, it, I was like, oh my gosh, Mattel has. It's like they have this, you know, their mission is in totally in line with what I'm doing, and it was just amazing, and it was kind of reaffirmed my purpose, even though I really believe in, in mighty girls, there's, I, I'm never just, I've never been a risk taker. I'm the most risk averse person. And it's just like in my bones, I knew I was supposed to do this. So here I am. Well, I would, I would love to dive into
1: that, but first I have to tell you the, the woman who really started this journey that I am on, um, was a female adventurer and she was the very first woman to drive her wow. all the way around the world. And, wow. and, she, and this was next year, 2020 will be the 100th anniversary. And it's women like that who are trailblazers who um, you know, have laid the groundwork for exactly. people like us to, mm-hmm. to do all of the amazing things that we want to do. And then also show us and, and continue to fuel the fire and, and give confidence to us that we can then help younger
0: women see that everything that they want can yes, and that should be forward. done. And somebody, somebody's yeah. going to say that about you because now...
1: It doesn't that feel so,
0: it feels
1: so amazing and so great. And what I love about Mighty Girls is like, you're focused on the young, young, young ones. And I love the story of origin with watching your daughter play. And like, she's in this fantasy land, but she's doing and being who she wants to be. And why should we not instill that in not in adults, but also in children and and, and maintain that moving forward?
0: Because at, starting around the age of five or six is when you really start to form your self-esteem and your your confidence. Yeah. And I mean, that's why, Nowadays, people talk about, you know, instilling confidence in your young children and being so aware of bullying in schools and things like that, because at the age of five or six, when they're out on the playground and they're socializing with each other and things come up, that's when their self-esteem is really starting to form. And it's with the groundwork that we give them that they can go and fly and they need people to tell them, you can be whatever you want to be. You know why you can? Because I believe in you. And look at all these other women mm-hmm. that have done it. You can, you are just like them. You can be Sally Ride and go out, you know, and and be an astronaut. You can be Mae Jemison. You can be Ellen Choa. You could, you can be Mary Anning and, and be a paleontologist. Like, there's nothing different about them and you. And
1: no, nothing all, and then nothing at all that is different, except that. well, there's nothing different. It's just understanding that there are role models out there. And one of my greatest life altering moments was when my best friend who happens to be one of my best friends who happens to be a male said to me, who's your female role model? And I'm like, I don't have one. And I realized in that moment that there was something Mm -hmm. wrong that I didn't have female role model, but I was out there trailblazing and doing all the things that I love to do. And I'm a very, um, strong human, but like, how could I not have a female role model? And then I started to hunt for one. And then I ended up finding so mm-hmm. many that inspire me in, a, in so many different ways. And, and, and you are a role model oh, to me in doing what you're doing. And and in saying that you are, um, you were, you know, you're risk adverse and, and this is something that's outside of your comfort zone, but you couldn't not create mighty girls is so amazing. And I really want to go kind of back in history and kind of talk about your road trip through life and how you have connected the dots along your journey that have led you to where you are today. And like, how were you as a little girl? What did your parents say to you or what, what were the messages society were sending to you?
0: So, I think if I had to pick my female role model, growing, like, forever, but growing up, in now, even though, may she rest in peace, it was my grandma Jean, who was my mom's mom, and she was my best friend, and she died when I was um, 12 years old, but she was such a force and she was so amazing and she was so humble and she was orphaned by the time she was like 12 or 14 years old um the birth records building in miami she had was born in kansas city missouri and then ended up moving to miami with her parents her father was an orthodox rabbi may he rest in peace and um So the the building that housed the public, like the public records, birth certificates, vital statistics, burnt down. So there was always a question. She had like a two-year span. She, you know, so we say she was either 12 or 14 when she was orphaned. She had an older sister and an older brother, but she was the one who basically went to work and took care of her entire family, her brother and sister. She graduated valedictorian of her high school class. And this is at a time when women were not... Uh, normally graduating valedictorian of their other of their classes and she got a full scholarship to college. And we're talking about in like the 1920s probably. So when you think about what most women were doing during that time, they were society had really pigeonholed most pigeonholed most women to be more domestic mm-hmm. caretakers. And she had this amazing career she was a buyer for very fine linen company went around the world ended up in california uh married my grandfather and she had her own children's manufacturing company for many years And she was just a very smart woman i remember going to the grocery store with her and she could add up all the groceries i'm not even joking add up the groceries add the tax in her mind and get all the money out for the woman behind the cash register, the man behind the cash register before they were finished. Wow. (laughs) She was just brilliant. And she always taught me. She just always, um, taught me to be myself. She always taught me there was more than one way to skin a cat. Um, and she always, um, told me that I could be whatever I wanted to be and I would always end up being the best at it. And that was something my mother always told me to say to me, you can be whatever you want to be Reagan. And I just know you're going to be the best blank. You know, if you want to be a teacher, you're going to be the best teacher. If you want to be a doctor, you'll be the best doctor. You just have that in you. And so I grew up thinking that, um, because no matter what would happen, you know, in in school where you feel maybe you go through a gawky phase or which I did and like things like that. <laughs> Nobody could ever tell me that I wasn't smart or that I wasn't gonna be successful. I knew that part. You know, I might not have always felt very confident, um, when it came to other things. Like I said, I was gawky for a little bit and but mm-hmm. I knew I was you know, I knew that I was going to do well in school that I was going to do well in college and that I was, you know, so I really, um, and my father always, uh, may he rest in peace. He passed away in 2010. He always also, um, pushed a lot of, you know, education and both my parents, um, to their credit always told me, You need to go get an education. You need to get a career and then worry about the rest of this stuff. Don't get yourself settled down with somebody before you have figured out what you want for yourself. Wow.
1: That's extremely powerful.
0: (laughs) And and rare, I think. Um, And so I got married when I was 32. And... I never felt pressured by my parents to get married or that I was getting married too late in life or that I should be looking for someone. My parents were always much more like, make sure that you have a career, make sure you're settled, (laughs) like make sure you've like taken care of yourself and you know how to take care of yourself. And that's, and, um, and I believe that that is a very valuable lesson that I'm going to pass along to my children because you really can't be um, in any relationship and be, um, an equal partner in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, um, a romantic relationship, a relationship at work until you know who you are and you're confident in yourself and where you are in your life.
1: Mm, that is so true. And I love that you were given the same advice that I was. My mom, um, always told me that to like focus on, Focus on you. Focus on your education, and you know the relationship shall come. Yeah, um, it's God. It's so so such a strong and powerful position to take. So it seems as if growing up, you had the right support system. You had parents with the right mindset who were instilling the correct values in you, um, and that led you into becoming um, an attorney. Yes. Which How do you feel about being an attorney?
0: (laughs) So I think it's an amazing education. I think that it's something that nobody can ever take away from me. Um, And I can, you can go into law school, you can go to any state, take the bar and hang up your own shingle and, and be your own boss if that's what you want, which is a very powerful thing for a woman. Right. Because it's still kind of I mean, when you think about the fact that right now it's 2018, but like in 1973, when my father graduated law school, making rest in peace, only two women graduated with him out of his whole class. I mean, so now finally, there's more women graduating law school than men. It's a very powerful thing for a woman to be able to know that she can not only take care of herself financially but intellectually read a contract know what she's signing be able to negotiate all of the things that come along with just going through law school it's very it's it's um very empowering too and i will say that um the person i was when i entered in law into law school was very different than the person that i became when i graduated i'm much more confident um in my capabilities after going to law school, just something changes. Um, and I think that for that, I'm very grateful. Um, but I also believe that there is, um, something more that I'm supposed to be doing, (laughs) excuse me. And that's mighty girls. (laughs) And I, you know, because I want to, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like when, when you hear people talk about, well, we, they walked into a house and they knew that that was the house for them, or they tried on their wedding dress and they knew that was the dress for them, or they saw a car whatever, you know, moment they had where they were like, this is where I'm supposed to be. That's how I feel about Mighty Girls. And I never felt that in my life. And I didn't know what it felt like until I experienced it. I thought it was, something that I was never going to find. And I had kind of given up on finding it and thought that not everybody finds it and that maybe it doesn't exist or maybe it won't exist for me, but that's okay because I'm fulfilled in my life in other ways with my, with my family um, and my friendships. And then this happened and I realize how amazing it is to be so passionate about something and be so driven to do something. I wake up at the craziest hours, one because of my children, but two even when they're not waking me up, because I want to work. I have I want to sit down and try to figure out a pattern for the next set of leggings or um, a skirt that I'm going to do, or design a dress, or think about um, branding or just dealing with factories. I've never been so excited to be up at three o'clock in the morning working.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I know that passion all too well. And, and many people call that like your divine purpose, your divine mission yeah. or, um.
0: You know, Joseph Campbell, um, I love Joseph Campbell and he had part of, um, this interview he had done, I think it was with Bill Moyers years ago on PBS. And I, I actually have it. And he talks about the hands So not to like the hands of God, basically leading you on a path. And when that happens, you feel it because it's like you were saying, like the kind of like a divine purpose, it just feels like everything has lined up and it's such an amazing feeling that you kind of just want to run with it. And, and I think that in business and in life, most of your successful people are successful because they don't give up. And if you look at so many companies, for instance, Love Shack Fancy, which are that dress company, dresses and other clothing, they're kind of exploding now. And I was reading an article about them, and I think in Vanity Fair magazine or Vogue, and I had no idea that they've been around since like 2011, because now everybody's talking about Love Shack Fancy in 2018, but they just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it knowing that that's their purpose. And eventually, it just, it seems like, I think a lot of times when people think that somebody's been an overnight success or a, a brand has like popped up overnight, we've mm-hmm. been working on it for years. Like look at Ashley Longshore. She's this amazing artist who has exploded. She's like the resident artist at Bergdorf. She was the resident artist for New York Fashion Week. The woman has been at it for years, years, and it's because that's her passion. Otherwise, you cannot devote yourself to something that long and put in that much effort day in and day out. That's why there's some people who will succeed and other people will find their passion because they can't do the mundane for so long.
1: Well, for those people, because... Let me put it this way. I have known, I remember being in fifth grade wearing um, baggy, baggy pants, t-shirts. It was kind of like, like a bummy look was in there. And realizing in fifth grade that there was something different about me and not to say different, like, no, we're all different. We're all unique. We're all special, but there's just something inside of me that I I just knew I was meant for something more. And from that moment on, I just felt this like deep, deep rooted feeling of irritation because I couldn't find it. And I knew, and I was in fifth grade. I was like maybe nine years old or something. Um, and it took me until almost three years ago to find out, find it. And I had done a lot of work, a lot of exploring. Um, and it just felt like just this irritation. And I'm curious like I would never know how to tell someone to find their divine purpose do you I mean, do you have words of wisdom or advice for people listening who are seeking and they're they know they're meant for more, but they haven't found it yet like what what can you say to to those people?
0: I would say be open and when I say be open, I mean, I would not have been able to do this myself three years ago. Hmm. I wasn't open to it. I had still put myself in this mentality where I was just like, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. That's what I am. This is what I do. And I love it. And I love it. And I love it. <laughs> and, like, and I do <laughs> love parts of being a lawyer. And I like splitting hairs. And I love the puzzles. And I, I've always gravitated towards rule-based law. So bankruptcy, tax code, title insurance, things that are, uh, like you're kind of like splitting hairs when it comes to like, you know, how do you read this rule? Where are you putting the comma? Things like that. Um, and I still find it fascinating. Um, and I was actually talking to my assistant about that today on a case, but, um, but I wasn't open to, anything else because I had convinced myself that that was it for me. Mm. And although I, um, I would, I suffered from horrible anxiety and because of that anxiety was very risk averse. Um, Anything that I thought would bring instability into my life gave me just set was one of my triggers. And so it was like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. No, hoo, hoo, I can't take it. You know, my anxiety was constant, like holding me back. And um, I think that one of the things somebody was asking me, well, what do you think changed um, that allowed you to be so open to it? And I said, I realized I had issues with anxiety And I've been working through that and in working through that and learning how to manage my anxiety, um, I have opened myself up to things that I wouldn't have been, you know, able to years, like three years ago, even two years ago, even (laughs) because it really was, um, it was kind of like the, like we put ourselves in this box and we say that we belong there and my anxiety kept the door locked on it no. and w- so i would not allow myself outside of it if that's a good metaphor
1: that's a phenomenal me. metaphor and i'm i'm curious one how did you realize that you had anxiety that was controlling you and then two what's the work you've been doing to release the anxiety
0: so i <laughs> this is a funny story growing i've always had anxiety and i did not um i thought everybody was like that um Because it was very normal for me. I remember in second grade, I would cry before tests, during tests, and after tests. And, like, the school would have to call my parents to come calm me down. I used to walk around with a worry stone. I was always a very anxious child. Um, And my mom told me me that I was a high-strung child. And I didn't know what she meant by high-strung. I thought she meant I was hyper. And so I would just dismiss them. Like, "Uh uh-huh. I was never a hyper child. But now I realize high strong just meant like I was full of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually not open to knowing about it, my anxiety. I think people who have a lot of anxiety, it propels them forward because you have so much anxiety about failing or not succeeding or, you know, not doing whatever X is that you just, you know, it pushes you. I'm a very type A person. My anxiety drove me, um, and I think part of it was I was worried that if I wasn't so anxious or I wasn't consumed with anxiety, maybe I wouldn't be successful Mm. anymore. Um, But also, I didn't realize what it was even because I have had this my whole life, until I was watching that show, This Is Us on FBC, it sounds crazy. I called my sister up and I was like, it was the episode where Randall has a panic attack, basically. And, and it's going through his history and his anxiety. And it shows him writing papers in school for, you know, for school at night in his room crying and just like t- the torture he went through. And I was like, I called my sister up and I was like, oh, my God, I'm Randall. And she's like, duh, (laughs) like you're just, and I was like, what is this called? And she's like, you have anxiety. I was like, oh my God, I'm Randall. I'm the female version of Randall. That is me. Like hundred percent cry during writing papers, like just constantly functioning at a very high level of anxiety and just pushing through it. And then I went and saw a doctor about it. And, um, was going through, um, talk therapy with it. And also I started some anti-anxiety medication and it has been life-changing, life-changing. Wow. Um, And I really like to tell people about it because I think there's a stigma against it that I don't think should be there. And I think that, um, it has been just, I would never have been able to start Mighty Girls because I was so risk-averse, and really, the the um, conversation in my head would always have told me, "No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. This is who you are. This is where you, you know, this is what you do." And then when I started to to talk about my anxiety and kind of get to the root of where it comes from. I realized that I was pigeonholing myself too, based upon what other people might have pigeonholed me as, you know, growing up. Um, And I just continued that conversation internally.
1: Wow. That's so powerful because it's like
0: propaganda that we are
1: exposed to as children and adults. By like mm-hmm. every single community or culture, doesn't matter where you grow up, like there's propaganda everywhere, and it's really a bunch of BS. <laughs> um, and I don't know where it stems from or who started it, but uh, at the end of the day, it seems like you've kind of broken through the propaganda that was exposed or given to you, and then you were then self applying. Um, and I'm curious, like, how. Do you have any daily rituals that that you do or weekly, monthly that kind of keep you in check or or help you to live your fullest and, and focus very clearly on your passion?
0: You know, like I, I write a lot of to-do lists and I evaluate them. And um, I try to be very intentional. And I think that... Um, I think that's important and I don't always succeed at it. I'm like 50, 50, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying. And, um, I think that there is a, it's hard to balance, um, when you are so passionate about doing something and that's all you want to do with family Mm -hmm. and friends Mm -hmm. and, and life. Because there are days where I just want to sit in a room and do my Mighty Girls all day and all night, you know, like just that's all I want to do. I don't want to talk. I I just am so focused on it. You know, I just, i want to, you know, there's places I want to take this brand to and it takes a lot of work. And when the juices start flowing and I'm like, I constantly am carrying a notebook around with me and I write a lot of things down on my phone, but if I get an idea for a shirt or, um, I try to name all of the patterns, you know, something cute that has, you know, a, um, that's kind of, um, kitschy, you know, catchy, but also focuses on some part of the title is either has some type of a female pronoun attached to it. Um, and so I'll be like, I don't know, standing in line at the grocery store or doing something and all of a sudden they'll come up with an idea and it's like the world doesn't exist and I'm just like have to write it down because if you don't we forget it. Right. So I,
1: I totally support that behavior. I'm sure it might be frustrating for some people around you, but um, the only time I've been <laughs> irritated by people living out their passion was before I actually knew what mine was and I didn't understand what that felt like, but I wanted to know. Like when you see somebody who's uber, 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 uber happy, and you're like in a really bad mood, like you find them annoying. (laughs) Um,
0: right? my husband has always, my entire relationship, I've always, I was always, um, I don't know if envious is the right word, but he loves what he does, and he enjoys it so much. And I used to say, like, I wish I loved what I did that much. I wish every day I was so happy to go to work. And I just loved it, and I felt so passionate about it. He and and because I would see it like every day at right. home, <laughs> and it was so amazing. And I'm so and I was so happy for him and inspired by him with that. That I wanted it more for myself too.
1: And then you, because um,
0: you find sometimes when you work and you're kind of surrounded by other people who maybe are kind of in the same boat as you, right. it's different than when you are with somebody who loves what they do and he loves what he does.
1: Wow. Well, I think I'm so excited that you found your passion. I'm so grateful that you've created this brand. There's a few more questions that I want to ask you before we wrap up. But um, the first question is regarding mighty girls. And when you look like the road ahead what does the landscape look like and what is, what is your goal with this brand?
0: So my goal for the brand is I want to become successful enough that I can send little girls from families that cannot afford to send them to summer camp that I can, I can send them to, you know, a, STEM or STEAM summer camp, a, a camp that focuses on these skills, be it a computer coding camp or an engineering camp, a co- an architecture camp, you know, an art camp, something that, you know, in, in those areas. And that's my, my long-term goal. Um, short-term goal, I would love to work with some organizations that focus on young girls and partner with them in some way to help educate these little girls about all these strong women and also inspire them and teach them that they can be whatever they want to be. Because I think that I was very fortunate to be taught that, but I don't know, you know, I want to know that I want to like pay that forward And I also want them to know about all the other women in history that have come before them that have done it and know that there's no reason why they can't do it Mm, themselves. That's
1: so beautiful. Wow. Well, I think by speaking these things that we desire, the universe is fun and, and helps us figure all of that out. So for anyone looking for Mighty Girls, how is it best for them to find your brand?
0: So we are, my website is www.myt, as in Tom, E E, G I R L S.com. We're also on Instagram, Mighty Girls, like the at sign Mighty Girls, Facebook, Mighty Girls. And I would love to hear from anyone. Drop me a line, DM me, you can message me from the website, send me an email. I will respond and, you know, I'm just excited to make, um, to connect with other women and young girls and hopefully, you know, like pay it forward and and create a movement or not create a movement, further the movement and grow the movement. I want to, you know, one of the most amazing things was, um, my, our slogan is, yes, I can. And it's in every piece of are clothing and accessories. So you'll see in the leggings, it's embroidered at the bottom in gold letters. Yes, Mm -hmm. I can. Um, and all the patterns somewhere in the patterns, it says, yes, I can. So, um, like in the, um, Astro girl pattern, there's like a little constellation. It says, yes, I can. If you look at the, U code girl, it's on the computer, it's in the keyboard. It's in like um, some of the formulas. I mean, I really tried to like, that's what I'm pushing. And I trademarked it. I couldn't believe that it wasn't trademarked already. And that's what I'm really trying to tell little girls. Yes, I can. Yes, I can be blank. And so we're going to do it.
1: I totally, totally believe it. Well, just one, one final question. This is my favorite question. In this moment, this year, this month, this lifetime, currently, what are you celebrating, aka
0: tooting your horn about? Owning my destiny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's funny because I turned 40 on August 15th and it was like the best feeling. I just, I don't know. It's like things clicked and owning my destiny. Finally, you know, like I am, I found my passion and that's what I'm celebrating.
1: Oh my God. Well, Regan, I am so inspired by you. I'm so grateful for your time. And, um, I am so excited to see what happens with mighty girl. And, um, I'm just, once again, thank you so much for sharing your, a little bit of your story and, um, and spending time with, with me. And I'm so excited for everyone who's listening to this because they're going to be inspired as well. Um, and I just invite you, if you have anything else you'd like to share, you're welcome to do so. If not, you know, thank you.
0: Thank you. This has been fun. I All right.
1: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Her Drive podcast. Um, I'm so excited to be back and sharing amazing inspirational stories from just kick-ass women. And if you happen to know an amazing woman, young girl person out there whose story should be shared, just hit us up at her-drive.com. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Kramblatt. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and Her Drive to success.